You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, so here's the thing. If I don't sound like I'm being completely clear on this, I've been a little congested the last uh, 24 hours. I don't do COVID tests, so it could be COVID, folks. Now, I I get this at the beginning of uh, uh, the winter, you know, going into the fall, moving towards the winter every year. So I'm sure that's what it is. But anyway, if I'm not being completely clear, just stick with me because we're going to try to think tank this and war game this over several uh episodes i think i might actually start running you know a separate little mini series on this where maybe i spend a half hour every couple days war gaming this but basically what would have to happen and again this is a realistic solution it's something realistic that could be done i know it's a lot of work but it's realistic so it intrigues me but Basically, what would happen is that you would have to get on the ground and you would um, surprise the living crap out of them because they're not used to uh, a ground game. Everybody now thinks they could just throw out a meme, throw out a GIF on social media, and they're going to change the world. But the idea behind this would be to educate a large group of people to basically poison the jury pools. So there's basically these sleeper cells out there, these sort of sleeper jurors sitting there ready to pounce uh, at any chance they get to get on a jury and then end up finding someone not guilty. And this will spoil the system. And once you have, let's say, 10%, and... and, um, the people out there believe in this. Once you have 10% of the population within that sort of federal district court range, that area, that population trained, then everyone who gets arrested will start demanding a jury trial. That alone will collapse the system by the weight of trials sitting on the docket, folks. So this is a way to actually fight the state. Now, you'd say to yourself, how would we go out? And I'm just wearing a community organizer hat right now, just starting to think about this stuff. I'm just fleshing this out, folks. How would you go out and actually organize people? Well, let me share this article with you. Again, this is not to toot my own horn. This is just to show you something I've been involved with in the past and uh, it's real world. So when we were fighting the city of New Haven, when they were going to issue the first in the nation uh, ID card for illegal aliens. And later we uncovered, it came true, that the city of New Haven, the mayor was involved with this banking scandal, and they wanted to get IDs to the illegal aliens to get around the Patriot Act so that the illegal aliens could take their cash, because back then they were all being paid under the table cash, and put it into the mayor's bank. Uh, they did not know it was the mayor's bank, but that was the idea behind this. And they were highly successful. The mayor ended up winning in the end years after I got out of Connecticut. 
But one of the big campaigns we were running, as I mentioned, Ted Paczynski and Alan Felder, two of my co-founders, were deeply rooted in Yale University's union with the trade workers who basically kept Yale University running. They own a lot of real estate. I think they're the largest real estate owner in the city of New Haven, probably in the state of Connecticut now. And so they had a whole crew of skilled uh, tradesmen and everything. And so they said, wait a second, what if we go and organize the union at Yale? Because Alan Felder, who was active in the union at that time, he was a plumber at Yale. He had started to figure out that Yale was bringing in, in cooperation with the union, illegal aliens to do work on buildings at night when the union guys were off the clock. And so he figured out they were using illegal aliens for plumbing work, electrical work, uh, all types of trade stuff on the buildings that Yale uh, were in the process of uh, building. So he said, we could wake up the union members and start to turn the union members against the union, which was deep in the pocket of the mayor of new haven so we put together a ground game and we started with this petition and we had an inside lead on this because alan was active in the union and he was vocal and he was not afraid to lock horns with leadership so he would go to the union meetings and start organizing and then before you know we had a team at the time of about 15 people on the ground and we were moving in and out of yale university meeting with janitors meeting with uh you know cleaning ladies meeting with the uh, tradesmen i'm telling you in the back hallways of the mess halls uh everything else it was crazy i just started thinking about it last night I'm like wow remember those days so here was an article that actually came out of uh yaledailynews.com and i just want to read this because it's going to help me jog my memories we start to put this idea together and this says here union debate centers on immigrants rights and this was written by madeline johnson and leah you leah you probably wrote 15 articles at that time on us and by this time we were all well known uh we were a thorn in the mayor's side for over a year we popped up everywhere the mayor turned we were there to break his balls and so this is how we did this ground game and i'll tell you how it relates to this jury nullification in a moment it says new haven solidarity week kicked off monday amid growing disagreement between yale's local 35 union and an anti-illegal aliens group which has now brought yale students and university management into the fray 13 yale student groups released a statement yesterday condemning a community watchdog project that was our organization community watchdog project sponsored petition that calls for the withholding of union dues from local 35's pro-immigrant rights national affiliate unite here and and then remember this is back 15 years ago so it was not about immigrant rights this had to do with illegal aliens it goes on to say since the petition began circulating 12 days ago local 35 leadership and cwp organizers that was us community watchdog project cwp organizers have engaged in a tense back and forth that has thus far failed to produce any resolution between the two sides 
CWP members said they collected almost 300 signatures on the petition, but Local 35 President Bob Proto said most of the members who signed the petition last week have asked to have their names removed. Only one union member has asked to be removed from the petition, CWP organizers said. Now, we had created this huge campaign, a big propaganda campaign against the President Bob Proto, uh, all kinds of uh, graphics and flaws. Flyers. We used to make flyers and print them, making him look like a mob boss. I mean, they were accurate. There was nothing we were we were saying that was not true. But um, we actually ran some investigations and followed him around town and took pictures of him. But we uh, we had built this huge propaganda campaign against these guys and tied him into the mayor and all sorts of politics that were going on. Uh, what unite here? The uh, sort of mothership of the local Yale Union was doing on the national level, spending the union dues on all types of stuff that the union members were not even aware of, nor did they agree with. So this was a well thought out campaign and then by this time in my life i had already read about saul linsky and i had read rules for radicals so i utilized a lot of the techniques that i had learned in that book of course we were standing back then on the conservative side of the aisle uh trying to shut down these basically anti um worker pro-illegal alien programs that the politicians in the state of connecticut were running it goes on to say regardless of the exact numbers yale student groups who signed an opinion by robert sanchez 08 in today's news quote anti-immigrant propaganda deceives yale workers end quote said they object to what they call the petitions anti-undocumented immigration mentality Quote, in trying to turn Yale workers against immigrant residents of New Haven. Again, this was not immigrant. This was illegal alien. New Haven did not hide it at all. It goes on to say reactionary and racist groups, that's obviously what they would call us, are seeking to divide communities that, when they organize and unite around common issues, have the ability to affect real change in this city and in this country, end quote, the statement reads. Now, remember... We were fighting for workers, and we were trying to protect workers, just like right now we should be organizing against robots and artificial intelligence. Uh, it goes on to say, in response to criticism from Local 35 leaders, CWP organizer Alan Felder, okay, he was one of our co-founders, fantastic gentleman, said CWP is not forcing workers to revoke their union dues, but rather is seeking to allow workers to bargain with union leaders. Now, they they called us racist and everything. Of course, Alan Felder was a black gentleman. <laughs> they never mentioned that, folks. And uh, Ted Pachinski and Veronica Cavella were old senior citizens. They never mentioned that as well. In fact, uh, the New Haven Register had a writer named Mary O'Leary who used to cover us all the time. And we were being labeled as racist. Meantime, she writes a front page article at one point that says, Dustin Gold is leading Alan Felder around by chains, uh, trying to paint us as racist, as if I was uh, Alan Felder's boss. Of course, he was older than me, stronger than me, bigger than me, and could have kicked my ass if he wanted to. Of course, he was a co-founder of our organization, so I found it to be quite hilarious that they were the ones being the racist. It goes on to say, last week... 
Yale School of Medicine facilities, senior supervisor team leader Gary Mandelberg directly ordered Felder to cease the petitioning in such a way that Felder, uh, Felder felt, quote, persecuted, end quote, for his, quote, personal and political views, end quote, Felder said. Quote, I am dumbfounded to think that they are employing such strong-arm tactics, end quote, CWP spokeswoman Veronica Cavella said. Quote, they want this to go away. We're not going away. We are going to tell this membership about where their money is going to illegal aliens who could very well take their jobs one day, end quote. Mandelberg did not return calls from com, uh, for comment on Tuesday. In the spirit of New Haven's Solidarity Week, they used to run these things all the time to push all the different factions of minorities into supporting uh, their illegal aliens. That's what basically happened. So, in the spirit of New Haven Solidarity Week, student coordinators said they will make a concerted effort to reach out to Local 35's dining hall workers and other service personnel this week, in a in addition to encouraging Yale faculty and students to register for Elm City resident ID cards. So they would use the Yale students to try to uh, out-organize us. All right, two months ago, Proto, he's the head of the union, signed and quote, immigrants' rights or human rights, end quote. Wow, manifesto, expressing support for the ID card program, which grants uh, municipal privileges to all New Haven residents, regardless of age or citizens, uh, citizenship status. That, I just said, wow, because... I remember that when that happened and we were able to combat that with better marketing, with better uh, propaganda. Folks, when I get back from the break, more on this. This is really important stuff. I mean, it's really helping me try to shape up this idea I have in my head. I'm sort of sharing this stuff with you in real time while it's fresh in my head after this discussion with Legal Man. We'll be right back, folks, on organizing America against the state. I am Dustin gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're also listening to me in real time. Try to shape some ideas, folks. We talk about living one foot outside the matrix. And, you know, getting back to grassroots local organizing may not be such a bad thing. Could we fight the technocracy and the transhumanists? I don't know about that, folks. I mean, there's so much government money floating around there. But could we be a thorn in the side of the system, the current legal system that they use to control us? Could we create a problem for them? I think so, folks. I think we could create a large problem for them. And once I finish reading this to you, I just want to show you this because... This illustrates how real-life grassroots organizing works. And then I'm going to tell you why it ties into this idea 
and what we would actually do and who we'd have to target. So in this particular campaign, we were focused on these union workers because their jobs were um, being threatened by the illegal aliens in the city of New Haven that the city was basically trying to legalize de facto using this Elm City, which is what New Haven's nickname was, the Elm City ID card. And so we needed to warn the union workers those would be our allies in this battle. And plus, the union, as I said, was in the pocket of the mayor for many years. So to go after one of the mayor's you know, strongholds was a uh, very strategic move that we had wargamed. All right, so you have this guy, Bob Proto, who's the head of the union, right? And it goes on to say here, but Local 35 does not have an official stance on immigration. Now, that was all a lie anyway, because they had a stance. They were supporting this ID card for the illegal aliens. We had not questioned immigration. They muddied the waters with their propaganda by bringing immigration into it, legal immigration, which obviously we, we weren't even fighting that issue at all. We never talked about legal immigration. We were talking about legalized slavery by using illegal aliens and paying them under the table less than what someone who was an American would have to make because of minimum wage laws. So if you were going to have minimum wage laws saying you had to pay someone $10 an hour, but then you brought in illegal aliens who you'd pay $5 an hour under the table to, effectively that was a um, sort of loopholed slavery is the way we used to talk about it. So it says, but Local 35 does not have an official stance on immigration, a fact that leaders publicly clarified to all union members last week. Soon after the petition began circulating, Proto said, quote, dozens and dozens, end quote, of signatories of our petition repudiated the petition and told him they would ask to have their names removed. Now, at that time, we had a plant inside this union meeting tape recording the whole thing and that actually never happened that became a battle later on and i had access to this 960 w eli super talk morning show i used to go on every wednesday and they would do an episode called watchdog wednesdays and that ended up growing into a couple hours almost every other day and jerry christopher the host uh opened the doors to us and i would come on he used to call me uh, Digger Gold because I would dig so much dirt. And so we would go on there and play undercover tapes uh, similar to Project Veritas. And this was not the only thing we were doing. We always had about 20 different projects we were working on at the same time. But all related to trying to organize Americans against the politicians. So it goes on to say, quote, they just talked among them uh, they just talked amongst themselves and realized that our local union didn't have an official stance, end quote, Proto said. Quote, they were being lied to by this group told that their jobs were going to be lost or taken over by illegal immigrants, and they used that fear and lied to our workers, end quote. CWP organizers said only one union member has requested to be removed from the petition, and they will continue soliciting signatures until they have 55% of the membership, approximately 660 signatures. That's what we needed to basically overthrow the union. It says, quote, we'd like to get another 30% done, and it seems that the members are still with us, end quote, CWP chief strategist Dustin Gold said. That would be me. There's not another Dustin Gold. Quote, Alan Felder put something out there to let them know that. 
We're not telling you not to pay your dues. It just gives you the power to negotiate, end quote. Proto said the one-person count is completely off base. Quote, that's a lie, along with the lies about telling people they were going to lose their jobs. If they even took the time to read our contract, they would understand that we have job guarantees and staffing levels. It's just a horrible, horrible lie, end quote. And so we had this guy on the run, folks. We had this guy on the run. And so the article goes on to talk about, uh, you know, CWP organizers Felder, Cavella, Gold, and Pachinski were president yesterday, Solidary Week kickoff, and even got an ironic shout out from John Lugo, the president of the immigrants' rights group Unidad Latina and Acción. After approaching Lugo and offering his card, Pachinski said he wanted to set up dialogue with the ULA to discuss how immigration is affecting the nation. And so this goes on uh, and talks all about what we were doing here. Uh, Let me just give you a little more information because I want you to understand how extensive uh, this stuff is, but it can be done, folks. It goes on to say, quote, Yale management, I imagine, took some steps, but I'm not sure which steps they took, end quote, Proto said. Quote, I would think that someone without a Yale ID does not belong in the workplace, end quote. And they're talking about how we snuck in and got all around Yale University. CWP chief strategist Dustin Gold said CWP is looking to introduce a similar petition among Yale's local 34 members, as well as SEIU 1199 union members members in the near future. Local 34 includes Yale's clerical and technical workers, while SEIU 1199 since 1997 has sought to unionize workers at Yale New Haven Hospital. Like Proto, Local 34 President Laura Smith has publicly supported immigrant rights. Of course, they say they don't have a stance on that, right? Quote, this program provides a wonderful opportunity for all of us who live and work in New Haven, blah, blah, blah. And they're talking about the illegal alien ID card. But I'm showing you here how we were a thorn in the side to the power structure. And so we organized all these union workers. And for what we were trying to accomplish at that time, it was highly successful. Now, it involves some brain power. It involves some strategy. We wargamed the crap out of this. We had a lot of very smart people within our network. And remember, folks, this was back before people were really using Facebook, uh, using Twitter. I don't even know if some of that stuff existed then. But what we would do is we used the power of radio. A lot of people listened to that uh, conservative morning show because it was the largest show in Connecticut. And that station had a very big reach. And so I would go on there or one of my other co-founders would go on there and we would talk to Jerry and we would announce a particular meeting going on. We used to rent VFWs in American Legions. And then all of a sudden, 100, 200, 300 people would show up at some of these meetings. And before you know, we had someone who was an actuary involved that was part of our steering committee who would help crunch numbers for us. We had people with graphic design backgrounds, marketing backgrounds, people that would show up in my office and we would be printing 
you know, flyers and folding them. We used to do flyer drops in the black community. We would go to churches on Sundays and we would flyer drop. Uh, the black community would literature on Frederick Douglass. And we would go to the Catholic churches and flyer drop. We would go all over the place. And it was this big ground game. So what I'm thinking about, folks, with this whole thing is that the idea that legal man has um this concept coming from lysander spooner is a hundred percent on point it's about bringing it into practice to actually organizing this to actually making this happen so you'd have to say to yourself first off who are your natural allies in this game who would be your version of what was ours in the campaign I just read you about, those union workers whose jobs were being threatened by illegal alien slave labor. Well, in this particular case, your natural allies could come from several different places. And so the literature you put together, the marketing you put together, let's just be honest, the propaganda that you would put together would be designed and targeted to different audiences. So you would think to yourself, well, we could take people that identify as conservative. We can get people who identify as libertarian. We could get people who identify as liberal who also hate the system. You could literally target almost every cross-section except Maybe, I don't know, the police (laughs) and government workers uh, probably would not be people you could target. But a big target here, folks, I hate to say this, would be criminals, would be people in the inner city. Uh, In this particular case, you would be targeting the immigrant community, the illegal alien community, gangbanger community. There are a lot of people that you could target. You could utilize the government's propaganda and social engineering against them by going after people who are potheads, let's face it, people that use psychedelics, everything we've been talking about, people who want drugs to be legalized. You could actually utilize them as foot soldiers in this. You could get the criminals uh, on board with this because all they have to do is get through Vaudeer and get onto the jury and then basically just come out and say, not guilty. They just do it based on what legal man talked about. You just don't agree with the law and therefore you're going to go against it. I have to ask legal man, do you have to give a reason for that? No. In the back room, you just say, no, not guilty. And you would seriously create a lot of problems. So this is something I am going to be thinking about. This is something I want to speak to Legal Man about over a couple of episodes, maybe a special series, where I walk him through my concepts coming from the side of a community organizer, a marketer, uh, someone who could create pretty damn good uh, propaganda, someone who is not afraid to go into inner cities and uh, network with people. 
and start to sit, figure out if this is something that could be done or is it just something people want to talk about? Do people want hope? This is hope, folks. This is something that could be a thorn in their side. Again, do I believe that we are going to collapse technocratic transhumanism? No. But do I think we're in the middle of this bridge? We've talked about it here. We are in the fourth industrial revolution. We are moving from one social system, (coughs) excuse me, folks, from one social system to another social system, from the third industrial era to the fourth industrial era. But like I said earlier, if the elites didn't think about what happens to this court system, what happens to this system before they totally implement some AI judge and you're going to basically just go into the VR goggle metaverse and fight your case in front of an artificial intelligence judge. Well, there's a bridge here. So how do they end up coming out and saying right now, well, the legal system is failing. We're going to change over to this other system. They may not have thought about this. So if you took this to a city, let's say New Haven, of 150,000 people, 100,000 may be eligible to become uh, jurors. And then you were able to wake up, educate 5 to 10%, 5 to 10,000 people. The numbers are going to be higher than this, but I'm using it as an example. Then you may be able to create a major problem for the state, a major problem for the system. At the same time, you can withdraw from the Rockefeller Medical Complex. You can figure out how to buy your piece of land and start growing vegetables and canning. You could be buying uh, stuff from the farms. You could be using cash instead of a debit card or credit card. You could remove smart tech from your house. You could do all these things personally to protect and insulate yourself. But this is a project that I think it would start to be able to put people in a position where put your money where your mouth is, put your energy where your mouth is. Let's walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Could we organize something like this? Maybe shoot it as a miniseries, as a documentary, battling the state, taking on the state, figuring out this loophole that legal man has brought to the forefront over the last two years, but instead of just talking about it in technical terms, could we actually put something like that into practice? I don't know, folks, but I'm definitely interested in going down that road and seeing if it's something you'd be interested in doing. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. When I get back, Dr. James Giordano. This is pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 